You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Tanya Pinkins, and it's You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I am so lucky that I get to have conversations with people who are smart and who interest me, and I get to ask them tough questions. And my guest today is a, a creative polymath. She creates in a lot of different forums. She's a theater producer, indie film producer, and she coaches artists on making their own films, novels, or just expanding their business. Her website, Zip Creative, is packed with amazing information and exercises on how to get into making your own work. So I want to welcome Joanne Zippel. Well, thank you, Tanya. It's (laughs) great to be here. Thank you for having me. So I actually listened to someone posted a session with you. And I listened uh, to Carrie Carlock. Yeah. Carrie Carlock, is that her name? Car- Carlock, yes. Carrie Carlock. I listened to a session with Carrie. I was like, is Carrie serious about it? Oh, yeah. Okay. She's, and she's, <laughs> she's, she's a, a filmmaker who, okay. you know, it's her second feature. So, okay, you know, second feature. Second feature. Okay. Absolutely. And you've been working with her through the first and the second? No, I only started working with her maybe early in, in uh, September. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, she was uh, somebody who, you know, as a independent filmmaker, was going through all that you know that what you have to go through to get your films. What made. do you have to go through? Well, it's you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know, but the people who are listening don't know, right? Okay, well, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, but she also was a um, very successful uh, television producer. Got it. Who um, worked for did all these HD, you know. HGTV shows like Flip or Flop and things like that. And she was, she and her husband are, are co-creators. Uh, yes, I they, saw that. Yeah. And so they have this new feature that they're trying to get off the ground. And she was trying to make that switch from being in that world of um, reality television, you know, being an executive and then taking that and leaving that situation and really going into the independent filmmaking full time and, and doing some freelance stuff on the side. But so that's a big step for somebody. So we were sort of navigating that when she left that company and really opened up to really focus on her work. And it's time. hard to switch because once 
capitalism figures out that you can make them money doing something, they don't like you to decide you want to do something else. <laughs> right. It's it's not. Yeah, absolutely. But also as the artist, it's scary. It's a, it's a real to, to go from having that secure kind of income and then to say, my safety net's not there. and But at the same time, what's hard about it is unless you have a situation where you have that flexibility to work on your, your passion work, that you um, it can sidetrack you from doing what you really want to do. Yeah, I guess I've just always been that crazy person who doesn't like to be afraid. So if I'm afraid, then you're just going to have to do it to me. Like, threaten me. Okay, then you're going to have to do it because being afraid of you threatening me is not going to work for me. So yeah. I need to, right. you know, that's my personality. As soon as you issue the threat, then you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and I think, though, but, you know, one of the things that I feel that I do and how I support artists is helping them kind of tap into that place in themselves that doesn't have the fear, that, that can really step into that. I call it the inner work, you know. Okay. Um, the inner work being a vision for what it is you want to do, uh, and a, a very I'm very into clear, cl- with a lot of clarity, uh, and then some of those limiting beliefs that hold you back from that vision. What are they, and are they real? And how do you how do you cope with them? How do you deal with those things? Uh, and so that's part of the work that I do is really helping them have a foundation for doing what they want to do and really tapping into that true part of themselves, which is not fear. It's, it's always good. You know, the fear is the narratives, the, the things that everyone is telling you or you things you grew up with people they were telling you as a child or the media or whatever it is. Those are those narratives that we think are our highly paid counsel, but in reality, they're, they're just thought forms. And so how do you kind of, get back into that place of pure creation and connection to yourself the one, where you're in flow <clears throat> I'm very, I very much believe in that. I also have a, you know, a book called "Get Over Yourself: How to Drop the Drama and Claim the Life You Deserve," and that's I love that kind of work <laughs> that that I used to do because I found that as a teacher, um, I could I. I'm clairvoyant, so I can mm-hmm. I can move people's energy, mm-hmm. and I can oh. I can give people an experience of their power, but it doesn't really matter if they don't have a belief to match it. Yeah. So everybody in the room can be like, "Oh my God!" and 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 then if you don't have a a framework to believe that that is who you are, it you can't be, hold it. You can't right. you can't be you in can't, it. You can't hold that higher vibration. Really, yeah. right? Is. Exactly. You can't hold that higher vibration. It's interesting you brought up vibration because. I was at um, Agape when The Secret, before it was released mm-hmm. nationally, and I was studying, I don't know if you know Michael Beckwith's church, Agape, it's a uh, science yeah, I've of heard mind of church, yeah. and mm-hmm. I was taking classes to become a practitioner, which is really about someone who can hold higher vibrational energies for the world, for other, that's great. you know, that's what it's about. And I remember for me when The Secret, when I saw that video, I thought, oh my God, this is really dangerous. I said, there's nothing in it that's not true, but it's just not that simple. This is like giving kindergartners a PhD class. And and then Oprah released it in 2008, and we had the world financial collapse. And I thought, this the irony of people learning the secret while simultaneously 
the, the financial collapses because it's not enough to think anything. You have to be it. You have to vibrationally become that mm-hmm. which you desire. Yeah, I actually study energy too. Okay, yeah. tell us, tell me, tell me. Well, I've been working with a teacher for a while in New York um, for quite a long time who teaches embodiment yoga. So part of the work that, I, and it really informs the work that I do as a creative coach. Um, and it is about being able to tap into and hold vibration, higher vibrational energy in your life uh, and and to be in a more expanded place than yeah. to be in that darker, lower energy. How does that work in embodiment yoga? I've never even heard of embodiment yeah. yoga. It's really an interesting, um, philo- well, it's not even a philosophy, it's just a, pra- a practice. And um, she, this woman, Ronit Singer, developed it and channeled it, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think it's really about being able to connect to your body and be in your body versus being in your head mm-hmm. and stay in, in that space. Cause we're all so much in our heads and as a, a civilization, you know, we're stuck in our heads. Mm-hmm. And so when you can be in that positive, you know, connected place with your body, you can bring <clears throat> at the energy of oneness in. Well, I, I often, yeah. I think for me, the kind of discipline of, that I think of it is I like to think that I'm like the whole of existence is an ocean and I'm a drop in the mm-hmm. ocean. And when I get all my thoughts out of the way, the ocean can express in through and as think, me in a very full way. I think that's a really good metaphor for, yeah. you know, yeah. what that is. So sometimes it's just about, can I just cease to exist and all my ego and all my desires, can I cease to exist and rest in the ocean of consciousness and existence so that it can express more fully than I could ever think of? Mm-hmm. And it's all one anyway, you know? <laughs> so you know, I know we're talking we're not, about these our, things. All of the separation is, yeah. is being able to connect to what's not separate from you. Because you're, you know, we're all just energy. You know, yeah, all just matter. I mean, Einstein said that. You know, it's yeah, like, but I think it's so hard for mm-hmm. people to believe that. I mean, I think of I've probably been saying this to my children, I four, mm-hmm. um, forever, and they were went to Agape with me, <laughs> and they I don't they don't you know they still don't believe when I say don't worry about money. Like when you know what you need to do, a way can get made, right. and money is not ever. Uh, the answer mm-hmm. or the way that's going to keep you from getting anything right. because it can happen if it's meant to happen, if energetically it's meant to happen. And I, I don't know how to, you know, that it's one of those kind of mystical things, but it's how I've lived my whole life that what I'm supposed to do away is going to get made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's worked for you. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> So you're you're clearly a creator yourself. Why did you get into this business of helping other creators? Well, I think it's interesting. I you know I started in theater. I had a company that marketed Broadway and off Broadway shows. You know I did all these things um, as a producer, uh, and I then I started managing writers and and directors and and playwrights, and I went through kind of my own. I guess, moment of like, what do I really want in my life? Mm. And Did that happen after your um, mens ended? Um, I actually, probably it did. Mm-hmm. It probably did. It was coinciding with that. <clears throat> but um, I, I also went through a divorce. So mm-hmm. that, which, yeah. which a I'm change. grateful 
that it was it ended up being amicable, but at the same time, it was a really big life change, yeah. and probably, you know, I probably had the most change of my life from that. You know, even more than when my mother passed away. Before that, you know, that that kind of, it's a big big thing. All these things that change our identity, right? And I had two children, and you know, I I um you know was commuting to the city, and I was doing I was doing back and forth, and it was really a time when I was like, what do I really want to do? And I realized that the thing I love most about working with artists was that one-on-one, -on -one, staying true to your vision in the face of all this crazy negativity, which is, you know, which is what this industry is. Yeah. It's all about people telling you no, and you can't do it, and it's too hard, and don't even try. It's, and it's hard. And so I realized that I think there was always this coach in me. And so I actually got trained as a life coach. I went okay. back and got trained as a life coach that I could bring with an emphasis on doing remarkable work. Um, we don't have to work in unremarkable, toxic situations. We can create, <clears throat> even if it's not our soul work yet, you know, there's, there's this model that I learned when I was um, uh, training as a life coach. And I think it's a really great model. And it's that... There are two types of work. There's unremarkable work, which is work that you do that you hate or for whatever reason, you're working too many hours or you can't stand the people or the work, you don't like it, but it's toxic. You know, you don't want to be there. And then there's remarkable work. Um, the two kinds of remarkable work are um, your passion work, your soul work, which is the best representation of your passion, your purpose. And that could be paid or unpaid. I mean, there are people who are stay-at-home parents who that's their soul work, yes. you know? Or they are volunteer and they and, and it's their soul work. But as an artist, one hopes that their soul work is paid and they can make a living and they can really, you know, prosper at that financially. But then there's another type of remarkable work and that's bridge work. And bridge work's not just a day job. What is that? Bridge work is, it's, you take, you're using your skills and your talents, some of them, things that you feel nurtured by the work. You're doing things that you feel good in the doing of. You're working in an environment where people support you. Um, you are uh, making enough money to live so that you're not bleeding and you're, you know, you, you feel like, you know, you're, you're, you're not feeling desperate. Uh, but, and the thing about it though, is that you always have enough time and energy to be working towards your soul work. Mm. So you're, you know, that's the difference. You know, there's this toxic, unremarkable, you might not, you're so drained by it, mm -hmm. the toxic, unremarkable work that you don't have the time and energy to always be working towards your soul work. I think I unconsciously knew this as a young person because, like, soap operas were something I mm -hmm. dreamed of being on, mm -hmm. but they weren't fulfilling creatively be only because I wasn't didn't have a storyline. Right. If I had a storyline, okay. they would have been. But they funded my ability to do theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. And work. and so it was my bridge to that until mm -hmm. they then started being punitive about it, and it was like, if you want to do that you know, showcase over there, you've got to give back $10,000 of your salary. Right. And then it went into the toxic work. Exactly. Realm. And then it was like, okay, then <laughs> and, I don't need to be great, here anymore. It's a great way to judge too, because right. you might be in an unremarkable work situation, but if you made some shifts in it, 
you could turn it into remarkable work. Mm -hmm. It's possible. And by the same token, you might be in a bridge work situation and then something happens where either, like you said, you know, you've got uh, someone's telling you, no, you can't do this, or it's it's not working for you anymore. Yeah. And then it's no longer the bridge. So it's it's a kind of a good model for people to weigh, like, what am I doing, particularly artists? Mm -hmm. Because artists have to find ways to support themselves throughout their process, you know, with the uncertainty of a lot of work. And what, work. what about this? I, th I feel like so many people... One, right now, young people either are looking at people who are internet stars and comparing themselves to that, or just people comparing other people's life or what it looks like curated online to what they're doing and think they should be doing. Like, I, I see that a lot, or I experience that with my kids. You know, this comparison thing where you aren't able to just be, if you're doing something and you're happy and it's working, it's, you know, paying the bills that that's not enough, that, that there's the unhappiness with something that actually is working because it's not what you see over there. Right. Well, I think comparisons are like death. Like it's horrible to, because, and that's, I think with anything when, you know, we are, when we compare to other people, because it, 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 it takes away our power. It, it but that's our whole it, culture now. That's right. That's right. But that's where the strength and the knowing yourself and the knowing your vision and being connected to that place allows you to say, "Look, no, I, I'm not. I, I'm not going to go there. I'm not. I'm not going to compare myself in that way, because it's all. It's always disempowering to do that." Yeah, I even think like I, I'm assuming your clients have social media um, mm -hmm. existences, and you have to Absolutely. coach them through that. Absolutely. And, uh, tell us about that because I feel like that is like so toxic and so not creative really? trying to create this brand, the brand. Um, the brand, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yes, please, word. what is that? Oh, man. I mean, it's a big, that's a big conversation. You know, um, I think actually I just did a, a seminar, a, a panel. It was uh, down at IFC for Craft Ed last week. And um, it was on that whole thing about like, how do you, the business of your business, how do you market yourself, that kind of branding yourself. And, and um, you know, it's, it, and that was a big question. Like, what do you do with social media? Because so many people are like, oh God, I can't, it's, it's like a cesspool. I can't stand it. Or I, I don't want to post what I had for breakfast. You know, kind of <laughs> and you know? I don't want to see it either. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But there are people who are making a living on right, that. Right. And so that's, I think where it has to come from, it's got to come from who do you want to connect to and who's your audience? Who it's about finding your community, your, the people that you, your audience, what information do you have that's going to be of value to them? And why do, you know, why do you want to share that? You know, social media is also a really great opportunity for people to connect outside of social media. Like for instance, on Twitter or something, you know, if you're following somebody who, that you really like what they're doing or, you know, they're connecting, you can actually you know, have an outside meeting. You can actually create and connect with people. You mean like, we've been communicating on Twitter, I've been following you, and we've been having a conversation. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want to meet off-platform. Right, absolutely. Well, that'd be a little scary for me. It depends. <laughs> it dep well, it obviously depends on who the person is. Yeah, but, but mean, you don't know who the person is. You can't know. Come on now. I'm, and I think people can pretend to be anybody. 
Yeah, but I, I'm thinking about in terms of artists. Okay, that you know that they're really an artist. That's so really you're not saying artist. meeting a fan. You're no, saying no, meeting no, no, an artist. No, 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 no. Oh. no. I'm talking about your your collaborators. Yeah. How are you going to meet your collaborators? How are you going to meet people who really connect with you? Okay. You know, I always say tell my my clients. You know, who do you really want to be working with? Okay. You know, who are the who are the people that inspire you? Um, who, if they met you and they saw your work, they'd get you, you know, and you'd get them. There'd be a simpatico there. How do you find those people? Who are the people that are going to really be your, the, the people that are going to, you're going to do your next project with, you know? And because it's all about relationships, it really. It's all relationships. It's all relationships. Yeah. Relationship building. And, and, you know, so this whole idea of, you know, I've got it. And, and, and also artists are... Naturally, some of them are very, they can be introverts, some of them. And it's like this whole idea, how do I put myself out there? And, you know, I hate doing, I don't like to go to networking events or that kind of thing. And, you know, it's it's really looking at that in a way and saying, what's authentic for me? And how can I put out there what I'm about and connect to the people who are really going to connect, get that and connect with that? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Have you found any people who are really good at doing that for the people who don't want to do that? Oh, you mean- <laughs> You're like, I want to hire you to make my brand world so I don't have to do it. Hmm. Because I think a lot of people would pay for that service. <laughs> right. But I, I still think you have to know who you are and what it is that you stand for. I'm, you know, I, I like part of that vision. But I like variety. Mm-hmm. I, I once had a casting director say to me, um, Tanya, I just never think of you for anything because you can do everything. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like, yeah, that's, that's the career I wanted to make. Uh, I feel like people become superstars for f- coming up with a brand, that mm-hmm. they're Starbucks, and we know when we see them, we're going to get the this, or we're going to mm-hmm. get the that. But your character actors, they can do different kinds of characters. But even some of your character actors, you're the bad guy. Whenever we see you, we know you're the bad guy. I, I work very hard to not be typecast. To right? not be typecast, which means when they're thinking of the judge or the this, mm-hmm. I don't come to mind because I could also be the victim mm-hmm. or the thing. That's true. That's true. But I, I also think that, you know, just allowing yourself to be typecast is is a dead end. And, and you know, this idea that you're just going to be doing one thing because the casting directors know what you want is, I think that's deadly too, you know. And, and that's why I encourage everyone in, to not only, if you're an actor, 
to not to not just be an actor, but to be a creator as well. And even if you're not a writer, find writers who you really connect with and, and develop ideas. And you have to be a producer too. You have to produce your own work in this day and age. It's not vanity. It's it's you have to be totally involved in the work and making it happen. Agreed. And that's where, you know, it's it's in essence, I guess I help people step into their entrepreneurial selves mm-hmm. and be the CEOs of their creative career. Yes, that, yes. You know, and I think that's the work is how do you determine what it is you love to do and what what makes you unique? What is it that you love that you can project, you know? So I have definitely hired career coaches before. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw online that you, maybe at the panel you were at, there was some New York Women in Film panel, I think, where you were offering people a session. Yes, mm-hmm. um, I do well, that. I'm, I'm a member of New York Women in Film. So you, you and were so offering I, people a session. I'm like, a, I'm a pro bono coach for them. So I offer the members. A, I'm a, a member. Session. We're going to do one right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whoa. Well, uh, I don't know. I'm making it up. Sure. Um, so I had a coach, a, a session from a coach in another organization that I'm a member of. And um, the advice that I got from them, and I'm a, th- there's two people actually who gave me this similar advice. This first person was like, Tanya, you uh, cannot go around intimidating people and you can't be letting people know all these things that you do. Um, you know, you just have to show up and be the thing that, you know, they're looking for and just be that. So that mm-hmm. was one person. That was one coach. That was one that. coach. Mm-hmm. And then a, a dear friend and mentor of mine the other day, uh, said to me, I said to them, you know, you are the only person I will work for again because you're just the most brilliant human being I've ever met. And they were like, no, no, you have to work for other people. Um, your, your problem is you're just like this other actor. You're both too smart. And I'm like, that other actor is a movie star. So, <laughs> they, you know, they we cannot compare me to them. And they're like, because they figured it out. They figured it out. And said, you cannot lead with your smarts. Because if you lead with your smarts, everyone else is going to retreat. And then you, you're, you're not going to get in. And uh, he says, you have to just, you have to charm. You have to charm everybody. And then once they fall in love with you and you charm them, then you can be smart later. And I was like, you know what? Oh, that God. is too much work. And when I walked away from that, I thought, as a man, that's an easy thing to say. And both of these people were men. And for me, it's like, that was my whole life. I was a woman. I used to go in and I had to be charming so and I had to smile oh, and I had to do this. And you know what? It got me as far as it got me. It didn't get me to where I wanted to go. And once I went into menopause, it was like, you know what? I'm going to give myself the opportunities that... I've been trying to charm people into giving me. <laughs> well, ha- did you have you read Naomi's book yet? No, I haven't. Oh, you need to read it because it's all about that. Okay. All about that. And um, that is Naomi Douglas. Na- Naomi McDougal Jones. Who yeah. wrote? Who wrote Bite Me and Stars and Bite Me, the film that. And The Wrong Kind of Woman. And the wrong we're both uh, going the to book a knife is, up yeah, panel tonight about. Yeah, it's called The Wrong Kind of Women. Um, it's Inside Our Revolution to Dismantle the Gods of Hollywood. Mm, did you coach her on that? Uh, well, yes, that was she, when we were working together. That's when she that book happened. Ah. You know? But that was also it was really a result of a TED talk she did in 2016, that then went um, on the national TED stage about a week after the Harvey Weinstein thing mm. uh, uh, broke, and it got over a million views. And it's it's really about 
you know, gender parity and why we need gender parity in the stories that we tell. Mm. Uh, and so, I, I mean, she she can you'll you'll hear more yes. a lot more about. She's it going to be a guest on um, on yes, on she our is, panel I, and in, I think you April, should definitely so interview we will her. talk about that then. So, yeah. okay, here you are. Where I'm getting my career coaching right now. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Oh, so yeah, you're giving me a well, career what coaching. You, I don't know. Okay, well... Um, well, you know that I'm a, a filmmaker now, and I'm also yes. a theater producer, so... That's right. Uh, last year, I... And an actor. You're a, an, you're a true multi-hyphenate. Multi-hyphenate. Which is what I believe artists need to be. And, I've and they been, need to show it loud and, and proud. Yep, and I invest <laughs> in things that I want to make. Like, I, mm-hmm. I uh, invited about 30 writers to write 10-minute plays about how women um, harm one another and model how to heal those wounds. Mm. So I've been producing that for the last year and in the midst of editing the videos of that at the tank. And then last year, after shadowing for three years uh, in television and not feeling any closer to getting hired as a television director, decided to write, direct, produce my own feature film. Wow. Three years of shadowing? I shadowed for three years. Man, it, it's... It's screwed up, you know. I mean, it's really screwed up. <laughs> and um, I have the privilege that I can mm-hmm. call showrunners and sure. say, "Hey, can I come and shadow?" I didn't have to. I mean, actually, I got turned down by the programs that let you shadow, so mm. I just picked up the email and asked, you know, the directors that asked, "Can I show?" Well, you know, like mm-hmm. there's the Sony program and the the different programs that you get in them and you go out there and they oh, right. put you sure. in yeah, shadow. Pro- yeah. So mm-hmm. I just asked showrunners and mm-hmm. they allowed me to shadow and. Even had an open invitation from Warner Brothers to shadow any Warner show and an offer that if anybody would guarantee me a directing job, they would put me through the program and pay my director's fee and still couldn't get a job. And what do you, why do you think that is? I don't know. And I'm not, I'm definitely a person who's not, I try not to get bogged down in the whys of things because mm-hmm. I feel like that is one of those distractions that can sure. lead you down a very dark rabbit hole. It's like, okay, that's not working. Well, what can I do that's going to work for me? Well, no, I think that makes sense. Absolutely. Because <laughs> the whys, you could never know the why. Right. That's true. And especially in this industry, because it can be extremely arbitrary. <laughs> you just don't know. Extremely arbitrary. Know and and I think one of the things that has come up for me in the last two or three years, I think a gift from one director, Tali Shalom Ezer, who I worked on a film called My Days of Mercy, um, she kept directing me and saying, could you could you do less? Could you could you just throw that away? Could you do that? And, and I'm like trying to do whatever she's asking. And finally she sat me down and she was like, Tanya, you know, I'm so sorry that I keep like giving you these notes to do less, be less. She said, you're just, you, you're very compelling on camera. You're a star and it's not your movie. And, you know, when wow. you're on screen with my leads, I, I, I don't want to take my eyes off you. Mm. And it was like, that was a gift because I've mm-hmm. been getting those notes my whole career. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> what right. am I doing wrong? Right. You know? So why is it you want to, direct TV? I think I wanted to direct TV because at the time I thought it was creative. This is my session, I can tell. Like her whole posture just shifted. You all can't tell, but her posture shifted. She stepped into like the eyes being lasered in on me. At the time, I wanted to direct TV because I thought it was creative. Mm. I quickly learned after my very first uh, opportunity shadowing that the director in television is is powerless as an actor unless they were the director of the pilot and they're in EP. They are a hired hand. They're there to solve problems. They're there to be the arm extension of all the people who aren't on set. So that was but but I couldn't have known that if I hadn't done it. Right. 
And it's still a very high paying job and uh, would allow me to work with actors. And mm-hmm. the, the salary is a lot higher than it is for, you know, just guest spots as an actor. So for me, that would be a great bridge job mm-hmm. that would allow me to fund the other things I like to do. True. But but also you have to be careful. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. But, you know, if you really want a career as a director that often you can get stuck as a TV director and not be, you know, and be that journey person. Right. And not, and not be in the creative part of it. So there's that aspect of it too. But it's really good money. And I think that's the thing. So you have to say, okay, can I, can it, can it be bridge work for me? Or is it going to veer into unremarkable because I'm not doing my other work? Well, it wasn't even, the opportunity it, it for it to even be there. bridge work yeah. for me was not mm-hmm. showing up for me. Right. So that, what that door as far as I was concerned, mm-hmm. because you know you you're taking time off that you aren't available to work, so that you can be on a set from pre-production sure. through an edit. So that's a month of your time that you have to be able to afford to not work, not have any income going in. If you've taken yourself to another state, you're putting yourself up, you know, for your own stuff. You for, right, you, you're you're out of the business for that month of commitment to that shadowing. Right. So it was like I had invested enough in that that the returns weren't coming. So it was like okay, mm-hmm. time to do something else. Right, right. And for me, that something else was to write, produce, direct, star in my own feature film. Yeah. Which that, you know, <laughs> that's exciting, you know, and that's where it sounds like that's really the next step for you and to be able to get this work out there in, yeah. a, in a big way. And, and also because it just sounds so fascinating what you're doing. Well, I you know, loved it. I felt like it was the film itself, you know, one of the First times in a very long time, probably since being an older woman, that I was actually firing on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I think, I do think that there's a mythology that tries to disempower older women. But I think older women, we are the most powerful beings on Mm. the planet. We don't have those chemicals going through our body that make us crazy and make us go belly up for the boys. And so we can focus. We can, we know that we don't have to make excuses. We don't have to explain. We want what we want. We don't want what we don't want. And that's the only reason for us to do anything. And that is, we're less manipulatable. And so it's like, I feel like I'm more powerful than I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah feel good, right? It, it feels really great. And I'm like, who's going to want me in their room? They can't put me on a leash. <laughs> <laughs> well, so everything you've been doing has led you to this moment. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's making your own work. Maybe that's that's your sweet spot. It feels like it. Yeah. So Feels what are you like make my next? sweet spot. I mean, you got to get this this thing out in the world. You know, yeah, be out in the world. This and, is a learning curve, and I like to learn. So I mm-hmm. love uh, learning all the different jobs that there are because then when you have to hire people, I like to know what people do so that I know that my expectations of them aren't too great. I'm not. That's just how I like to work. I like to understand where people are coming from when they're doing their job. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have like five or six more films I want to make. Until I'm bored with that. <laughs> <laughs> and there are they films you've written or film? yeah. Oh wow! So they're all yeah. in the, they're they're already. Um, I have about like five draft? scripts that are Strats already or... written. Um, the next one that I think I want to make first is not written yet, but mm-hmm. I think it's a li- some of my other ones will require big money because mm-hmm. they're like you know I, I'm I'm a horror girl. 
That's my jam. That's my genre. So I'm all about the horror. So some of my scripts require some major CGI and special Mm. effects to do, to bring the horror. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, what is it that you feel right now um, is a question that you have about, you know, what, how you want to proceed? Hmm. A question. That's a, such a thing. Look at that. She's like, she's coaching me. A question. Do I have a question? Um, like I where think, you are right I now. I think you'll understand this, that, you know, from that vibrational place, I wanted my film uh, in, in private screenings right now. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen. And so I've also gotten to that place in my life where it's like, you know what? Often when, when the universe says no, it's for a good reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, this might not have been the moment. The coronavirus is, is, the, is the top of the well, news right yeah. now. So this might not, you know, the universe had a better plan than I did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A question. Well, is it is it about kind of what your next step is on the film or, you know, in t- or in terms of your career? Uh, because I think that um, you were talking about this whole idea, well, should I be directing TV or should I be doing all these other things? You know, what is it that you, where you are in this moment that is either a challenge for you? Is there a challenge you're having right now that you would say? <laughs> Gosh, this is like the easiest moment I've ever had in my life. The only challenge I have right now, really, in my life is like, you know, some of my children's challenges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are my my biggest challenges. Is they say you're only as happy as your least happy child. This is Tanya Pinkins, and that was part one of my conversation with Joanne Zippel of Zip Creative. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 